This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. I've just realised I started the show and then I've not even plugged in my headphones. So there we go. I'm hoping that the sound's still fine. I can hear myself. There we go. That shows you how prepared I am for these shows. Don't even sort out the headphones. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, thank you so much, as always, for joining me. Really appreciate your time. And uh, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, really appreciate it. It's uh, it's Thursday, uh, which is uh, old Dave says Tom's favorite day of the week. Why is Thursday? Are you getting confused? I hate Tuesdays. I'm trying to be ironic. Thursdays are like Thursdays are fine. Thursdays are all right. It's like it's my first day off of, of a, a period of annual leave, so I've got some nice time off to enjoy. Um, but yeah, lovely stuff. Really appreciate everyone tuning in this Thursday, and uh, I hope that you're doing good. I hope that you're doing. Well, um, and I have to say once again, a massive, massive thank you, because three days in a row now, three days in a row, we've managed to secure our target. We, we've hit that 1,000 like mark. and We are we are storming ahead. But I, as I say, I feel like the closer you get to the weekend, the closer we get to this, that that's going to be the challenge, the Saturday and Sunday, if we can keep it going. But on Monday, 1.1, Tuesday, 1.3, yesterday, 1,400. Amazing support. Thank you so much, everybody, that continues to support the channel and seeing if we can do this international break challenge. We are committed to providing the content for you during this dour and dull period that is the international break, and we're going to continue to do that. So if you could drop a like on the video, if you'd smash that like button, I'd very much appreciate it. Good morning to those joining us live in the chat box today on Thursday. Uh, Blackshine, good morning to you, to Matt G, to Pikachu, to Vala. Uh, good morning to Damien, to Ondavoli, to Stevie, to Ray, to Sweating Merlot, to Glenn, to Aaron, Old Dave, Jean Arasilki. Uh, good morning to The Process, uh, Amira. We've got Prince Legacy, Rich, Mark. Plenty of usuals and unusuals uh, in our chat box, as always. Thank you everyone uh, for getting involved it is very much appreciated. Aaron says, let's get to 1,500. I mean, that'd be unreal. You know, we've got to 1.4 yesterday. If we get 1.5, I mean, just 1,000. We're not going to get greedy, Aaron. Let's just get to that 1,000. The daily 1,000 is the challenge. We're going to have to wait and see if we can indeed try and do it. It'd be amazing if we could. As I say, if we manage to do the challenge 
I'll release the tickets for the live event earlier than I was going to. Uh, that's going to be the rewards uh, of getting to a thousand likes in each of these videos. And if you've been tuning into each of these videos, of course, that what that means is that you're going to know before anyone else that those tickets drop live. Right. Uh, shall we go into today's stories? I think that we should. Uh, Jack Wilshire is said to be no longer in the frame for the Colorado Rapids job. Of course, we know that he was amongst the candidates that were being considered to take over at the MLS side. He's the Arsenal under-18s coach, but uh, suggestions are now that he is not uh, part of those candidates that are uh, being considered for the role. So for the moment, for the time being, Jack Wilshere will indeed still be part of uh, the Arsenal youth setup uh, until further notice. But it does show that there is obviously some... Um, there's a feeling of uh, potential for him to go off and move to another team in the future. Uh, so I'm looking forward, hopefully, to going and, and seeing that success at some point. I want him to succeed in the coaching world. I think, obviously, it's a shame that his career ended when it did, but he's gone into coaching straight away and he's, he's doing a great job and uh, he's showing great potential as well. Uh, Jorginho has been talking about his future. What we often see is that when players go away on international duty, that they have a chat with the media about their futures. It's very common. Uh, and he was talking um, whilst away with the Italian national size and, and about his future. And he says, I would like to return to Italy, um, but I don't know when that the right time would be. I feel I still have things to do at Arsenal. It always takes some time when you change teams. But the first six months at Arsenal were not negative. On the contrary. Um, so encouraging words there from Jorginho. I, for one, hope that we do keep Jorginho for another year. I know that some fans might turn around and be like, well... It's, it's stop us from signing someone. But I actually think that he provides some really good depth. Um, really, really good depth, uh, actually. So I do think that Jorginho uh, is, a, is a good asset to this team and, and continues to prove that. Leandro Trossard as well uh, was talking about specifically kind of where he sits at the moment for Arsenal. He says, for me, luckily, I'm a pretty relaxed guy. And for me, it's quite easy. I just focus on football and enjoying my game. And that's all I care about. If you can be on the pitch um, and give something back to the supporters, it's the most beautiful feeling. My missus even tells me that before the game that I wouldn't even look up to see where my family is because I'm so focused on the game and enjoying that 90, 95 minutes that I get. Or if you're on the bench, 20 minutes, that's all I play for. Uh, so again, great to hear from, from Trossard as well talking. And all the players seem to be in a really good place, talking very positively uh, about the club, about the situation that they uh, get themselves into. And I see this comment from Mel in the chat box. Jorginho very rarely get injured. And, and that's a really solid point. I mean, if you replace El Nenny's position in the squad with Jorginho next season, that depth, I think that's a really good way of upgrading the midfield. Now, the Brazilian head coach has been speaking uh, about the Gabriel Jesus situation. Fernando Denis uh, has been speaking about the kind of, the, it feels very much like there's an Arsenal versus Brazil type situation growing. Of course, what we knew was the previous international break, Gabriel Martinelli, who was basically told to Brazil that it wasn't going to be fit and ready. Then he came on and scored against Man City before the international break started. And I think Brazil were a little bit peeved by that. There was comments from the manager about that situation that kind of unveiled that, uh, that frustration, if you like. Well, he's been talking about Gabriel Jesus. And he says, about Gabriel, my whole life's work is not a concern in the sense with Arsenal or the national team. My concern is Gabriel. We brought him here for some reasons and that it was important to him. He was one of the players who, even playing a match for us below our level in Uruguay, he managed to make a positive impact on the game. Very difficult, but he got there. Play well, sustain position and create difficulty sometimes, even kind of individually against Uruguay. I trust the player and him being here. I take satisfaction. 
I talked to Gabriel and he didn't come here without planning. He said he's feeling good. He's already doing certain things. And when I spoke to him, we had two more weeks, 10 days at least, till the first game against Colombia and 15 days to the second game against Argentina. He is in good condition and we are doing things with great care. As soon as he arrived, we made a new MRI and we are treating him very carefully. Uh, he continued by saying if he's in the right condition, he will be available against Argentina. If not for Gabriel, I'm sure it was very important for him to come here and he will return to Arsenal better than when he got here. So it does seem to me still very much like, um, like it feels very much like uh, an Arsenal versus country uh, situation. And obviously, we don't want that to, to spill over. We don't want that to... to um, dissolve that relationship between the club and country because it's important that you maintain those relationships. But I think you can have some empathy with the Brazilian national side to see one of their players. Uh, they're told that they can't or that, you know, they're kind of hinted to their suggested advice. They don't call up Martinelli, then he plays. <laughs> so they kind of want to, I guess, assess the player themselves. And Jesus as well, he seems to be telling the Brazilian national side that he wants to come along. He wants to be part of the squad. So, you know, they've made the decision to take him. I just hope that, you know, he doesn't get injured. It seems that they're taking all the rest, uh, relevant precautions with this. And let's just uh, keep those fingers crossed that, that Jesus will be fine. There was some images going around of him completing some indoor training, which is encouraging, but hopefully they don't rush him back too much. Um Moving forwards and into transfers, uh, Manchester United are said to be a club that have joined the likes of Arsenal and Liverpool in chasing the Brazilian midfielder Andre. Uh, we spoke previously about this player, Fluminense midfielder, 22-year-old, plays more so on the defensive side, but he's very progressive, great technical player, good with the ball at his feet. And I think has uh, shown that he's kind of ready to make that next step up into Europe. Now, is that a step that's going to be all the way up to a club like Arsenal or United? Well, Clearly, teams like Liverpool as such are very intrigued by Andre and showing that there is the real potential in the player to play at that elite level. But it's going to be very difficult for Arsenal and other teams, it seems, to get hold of the man because there is a lot of teams very, very interested in taking on uh, taking on the player and, and potentially getting into uh, those negotiations with him. So I hope... Um, I hope that we see something positive with a player in midfield in the future, whether that is uh, Andre, uh, I guess we'll see. But uh, very interesting player. Certainly one that I recommend you go and do some digging and research into. And finally, our headline story of the day is that Arsenal uh, could be having a little bit of a smoke screen with Ruben Neves. Fabrizio Romano says that despite there being interest, there have been no negotiations so far. Uh, on the side of the player. There's just suggested interests. There was confirmed to be by uh, Fab that there has been long-standing interest in Ruben Neves, but whether or not Arsenal would make a move for the player, I guess that we will still have to wait and see. Uh, very interesting, of course, to see whether or not Ruben Neves does return to the Premier League in January, only six months after leaving Saudi Arabia. And it's also uh, after joining Saudi Arabia, sorry. And it's worth, Al-Halal is the side, it's worth also saying that the, the Saudi league runs from, you know, August to May. It's the same as it's the UK. It's not like when players leave the MLS during January because, you know, they, they've got like a few months before the season starts. The season in Saudi Arabia, as far as I'm aware, certainly seems to suggest that they would be, he would be missing. So Al-Halal would have to kind of sanction any potential move. Now, we are only five days away from that vote that I talked about yesterday, which will determine whether... Premier League clubs are able to sign players on loan from other clubs that they are um, that they have the same ownership, like Newcastle and Al Hilal, for instance. So that's going to be a very intriguing day um, and a very important day for many reasons. So the twenty first of November, put it in your diaries. It's, it's, a, it's a really, it's a really, really important day in um, 
just world history, really. Um, anyway, let's let's go to part two and your question, shall we? Right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, I'm just going to jump into the chat box briefly because I did spot a um, a personal message and I hope she doesn't mind me reading it out. I suppose if she's put it in the chat, she doesn't. Uh, Lynn says that I'm having tests and having been diagnosed with MS. I'm still getting there. Lynn, I really hope that you're well. I really hope that everything's going going to be improving for you. Um, Lynn has been one of our longest time listeners. She's come to our live events and she's a big part of this family. So I think um, you can all join me in, in sending some very kind messages to Lynn and sending some well wishes her way. So Lynn, we love you. And we hope that everything's going to be okay um, and you've got the support of the entire TGT family uh, behind you. So uh, stay strong and uh, hopefully this family can be a supportive uh, boost for you as well. But uh, we we do indeed send you all the well wishes in the world. Um, we'll move to part two now and we're going to jump into the chat box and take your questions. Uh, as I said at the start of the show, I'm exceptionally proud of everybody helping us reach that three-day target. Three days in a row, we've got over a thousand likes, which is amazing. So if you could continue to help this cause, uh, this international break challenge that we have set ourselves, then please do continue to do so. Uh, drop those likes on the video and let's see if we can get to 1,000 again. Yesterday, we managed to get to 1,000 before midday. I was just having a lot of scrolling, you know, and just a little refresh about 11.30 and it had hit 1,000. I couldn't believe the support that you guys show so uh, thank you to everybody that continues to show it and thank you everyone that's sending those very kind messages in the chat box to to lynn uh i suppose we should probably kick off the q a with a question from lynn uh, so let's do that uh, lynn says would you think that players that we are after in january negotiations have already taken places back in the summer uh, interesting question i mean do we look at the players that are after kind of looking specifically at them to take places in the squad for the summer. Are there going to be more temporary signings? We've signed players in January a number of times to be temporary. Think of Dennis Suarez. Uh, he's probably the most famous, um, you know, the most famous example of all for January signs. But you also look at someone like Martin Odegaard, for instance, who we signed in January uh, on a temporary basis, but then became very much a permanent fixture in the team and obviously has now become our club captain. So I think there's scope for both. I think that maybe there are potentially negotiations that have taken place for players that we might sign in January. But also you've got to think about in January, there are players on the list that uh, if we negotiate with, uh, if other clubs negotiate with, they can leave. So uh, El Nenny, for instance, is one. Alex Runison is one. Uh, Arthur Okonkwo is one. These are all players that can negotiate for their futures and leave in the summer. Uh, whether or not we are already in negotiations for players um, after the January window, 
I would be very surprised if we're not, Lynn. Arsenal do their due diligence. They do their really far ahead thinking and planning. And for instance, Gabriel Jesus, there were suggestions that talks took place as early as November, December before we signed him in July, I think it was. So yes, I'm sure that that there's lots of avenues to that question. I tried to tackle as many of them as I could. But uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of talk already going on, Lynn, and, and plenty of reason to say um, you know, why we should be uh, looking to plan ahead for those types of signings that we can uh, we can make. Um, Rohan says, Ray has dadged go on a podcast. <laughs> uh, just on that briefly, I see that, and I was speaking to Sophie the other day uh, about this. Um, I find it quite kind of unsettling the amount of abuse that has been sent Sophie's way. Um, and I just want to throw my hat into the ring of support in this sense, because I, I, if, if you if you don't think that Ramsdale's dad should have done that interview, there's nothing wrong with having that opinion. You're entitled to that view. What you're not entitled to do is attack Sophie for it. And it's absolutely staggering the amount of abuse that Sophie has received over the last 48 hours because of that interview, which, by the way, you know, it was not her idea. You know, it was a situation that, you know, she very much like um, allowed to happen. Um, and she in, like she um, hosted that interview. So it's really important that we don't, as as Wontong Super says, don't shoot the messenger. You know, she put no pressure on, on Nick at all. She didn't ask the leading questions. She allowed Nick to speak, speak his mind and speak for himself, not speak for his son. And he spoke his own words. So the fact that she's being criticised, I find it really, really odd. She's an absolute gem of a human being who's gone through some really tough times recently. Um, and if people had any slither of empathy, of understanding what she's been going through recently, then you'd be incredibly ashamed to send any abuse her way. I don't mind anyone disagreeing with the interview. That's absolutely fine. You can do that. But it's the manner in which Sophie uh, is, is facing a lot of incredibly horrible words in the last 24 to 48 hours that people should really genuinely be ashamed of themselves. Uh, Jack says, Louise links seem unrealistic to me in January. What are your thoughts, Tom? Uh, I think that you're right to, to have your concerns, Jack, to be honest, because of course, we're in a situation where January still feeds into the issues that we've had financially in the summer. I can't foresee Arsenal having a massive financial capability to, to do much this January. I've said this before, not only because of the space that's not available, but just because the finances seemingly aren't there. We might be able to do one deal, like one significant deal with tens of millions of pounds, maybe. Maybe we do a loan with an option to buy or obligation to buy in the summer. Maybe that's the way that we get around it. But you're right to say, Jack, that it seems unrealistic to do a deal for someone like Louise, who you think would cost 50, 60 million quid, probably. Um, so I just don't see Arsenal having the, the ability, the capacity to be able to do that. Um, let's go to Kyle, says, Tom, who do you think should replace Ramsdale in case he leaves? Another competitor for Ray or a keeper who will be uh, accepting of being number two. I think the latter, Carl. If Ramsdale does leave, hypothetically, I think Arsenal should go down the route that Man City have gone down in the past of signing a more experienced goalkeeper. Like, for instance, they've got Stefan Ortega that they signed um, from, was it Beerfield uh, in Germany? 
And um, I think that that's, that's the type of, of signing Arsenal should move to. You know, having two goalkeepers that are of a very similar age, a similar state in their careers, it does create a bit of a problem. So I'd be looking at a market and going in and trying to sign somebody who's older, that can add experience, but still has the ability to play out from their feet. Stefan Ortega is a great example of a perfect number two that you could look to bring in that's currently playing maybe a, a team that are not competing at the top, top level and that they'd be happy to kind of finish their last few years, maybe like 30 plus is an age bracket you should be looking at, not 35 plus, but like 30 plus goalkeepers uh, that would be understanding of the fact that they're going to be playing as a cup competition keeper and also hoping that they might get opportunities if Raya is, is unavailable for some reason. So there you go. Uh, Chilo says uh, the, the abuse towards Sophie in the comment section was disgusting and I hope people from your channel go and watch that interview and spread some love in the comments, even if they disagree. I think that's a great point. You know, if you've got two seconds, Go over to that interview and whether you agree with it or not, you know, I think just showing Sophie some support would be really, really kind of you indeed. Um, let's go to Jean says, I know your view on converting players, but asking anyway, is there potential DM among our defenders? I suppose the most obvious one is, is Jakob Kivior. He has played at defensive midfield in the past and that makes the most sense for him to be the one that you'd look at. But I think, Jean, as you very much touched upon already, play the players in their right roles. Uh, it's very rare that you see transitions. Ben White is is a bit of an anomaly amongst this side um, that we've seen transition from centre-back to right-back. But uh, yeah, I, I'm very much in favour of, of keeping players in their best potential roles. Uh, Fuad says, Tom, is there a mid-winter break? Yes, there is. Uh, there is a break, as far as I'm aware. There will be a gap in the fixtures at the start of January, uh, January Premier League break. Uh, let me just double check. Uh, it is a two-week break structured to ensure that the Premier League matches would still be played every weekend over that period. Ten Premier League fixtures currently scheduled uh, for Saturday 13th of January will be split across that weekend of the 20 to the 21st. So there's a return of the mid-season break. Um while not strictly new, the mid-season break is back for the 23-24 season. It's the first time that we'll see this since the introduction of it during the 19-20 season. This is due to the season scheduling returning to normal following the COVID-19 pandemic and the FIFA World Cup of 2022, which caused disruption. Um, the mid-season player break was agreed in 2018, and it is that two-week break structured to ensure that Premier League matches would still be played every weekend over that period. So it's I think the way that it works is that they're going to be split. So every team will get one week weekend off, but there will be, you know, a certain number of teams that are still playing over that weekend. So it ensures that there is still games happening. So I hope that answers the question. Um, but yeah, that's that's the way that it works. So it is you get a week break, but there's still Premier League football every single week. Um, but sometimes your team will not be playing to give an extra week of rest. So I hope that explained it well enough uh, to understand. Um Yakin says, I usually listen on Apple Podcasts. It feels better to be online. A rare early morning for me. Let me hit the like button. That's what I like, Yakin. Thank you, first of all, to those that do listen on audio platforms. Uh, apologies that there was a slight delay in a couple of the uploads recently. We had some mad uh, issues some of the mornings with the audio and trying to retrieve it. So thank you to everyone that was patient. Thank you to everyone that listens to us on those audio platforms. And uh, you're very much appreciated. So thank you for that. Um, let's go to Darren says, Tom, if incomings look unlikely in January, is there a possibility of sales? Um, I think that the problem is, is that there isn't obviously anyone that you'd say is besides Cedric, an easy sale. I don't see Nelson leaving. I don't see Smith Rowe leaving. I don't see uh, Enketia leaving. It's difficult. I don't necessarily see those players. Now, I might be proven wrong. 
in some ways, I hope I am. I hope that we can secure a big sale in January because that means we probably get more money than we would for them in the summer because January is often the time where you can get some very good prices for your players because clubs tend to have to pay more to get them. But it's it's not impossible. But I just don't think it's very likely beyond, say, Cedric. Um, Smithrow being injured does not help that situation either. Ondervalis says, sign Lucas Paqueta and it'll be a dream signing. It would excite all fans. I can't see that happening, to be honest. You know, £85 million is what he's going to cost. I think Man City are probably going to end up getting him. They, they see him as a really key target, even though they signed Mateus Nunez. So I still think it'd be very unlikely to sign Lucas Paqueta, even though I think he'd be a fantastic addition to the squads, that's for sure. It was still a mad when West Ham managed to pull that signing off. West Ham have got a bit of a track record for pulling off signings that are being linked to big clubs like Edson Alvarez, Mohamed Kudus, for instance, even Jean-Lucas Gamaka previously as well. So they've got this history for signing these players that are very intriguing to, to see join West Ham. And certainly Paqueta was, was a big, big part of, of that business. So yes, um, I guess we will wait and see. The fact that they had Sojek, Rice and Paqueta as a midfield three, you know, there was no excuses not to win that conference league. They were by far the best team in that competition with the players at their disposal, and they should have won it. The fact they made it so hard for themselves is slightly surprising. Uh, Sean says, does Reese playing in the under-21s worry you? It feels similar to Nuanieri. We're still playing there seven to eight years from now. Um, no, not necessarily. He's not getting as many minutes in the senior side because he's just not ahead of the likes of Martinelli, Trossard and Saka. It's important that he gets regular minutes and they're just giving the opportunity for him to play. You know, Vieira played there as well. I remember Pablo Marie being involved in it. I think, obviously, we remember William Saliba playing there. I know it's a different scenario, but no, I think they're just giving him the opportunity to get some minutes into his legs, get some minutes into his, uh, you know, because he's not played all that much. So, no, I don't think it's worrying at all, to be honest. I wouldn't be concerned too much about seeing um, Maurice Nelson in there whatsoever. Uh, Darren says, sorry if I've answered before, but giving Villa Smith Rowe in cash, is that a good deal for Arsenal? Depends very much upon the deal, Darren, to be honest. You know, it's easy to say, Smith rowing cash for, say, Douglas Louise. Um, but how much cash are you still giving on top of Smith Rowe? Well, I, for one, think that a straight swap is a very fair deal. I think that, yes, Louise has grown to a player that's probably in the market for 40 to 50 million pounds, maybe slightly more. And I think Smith Rowe is rightly worth upwards of 40 million pounds despite his injuries, despite his lack of game time. I don't think that necessarily teams are going to pay that. And so, therefore, a straight swap between Smith Rowe and Louise, I think, would be fair. Um, but uh, I can't see that deal happening. Uh, Derek says, "How King will? Uh, how keen? Or how can um, will Man City be allowed to overspend on players and go unpunished? Arsenal have a budget proper. Uh, Arsenal have to budget properly, but Man City skate through unscathed. Well, of course they are still under investigation. This invest- investigation over the alleged 115 breaches of financial fair play are still very much." ongoing and we're not expecting a resolution to that anytime soon because there is simply so many I think Everton have been under investigation for quite some time and they only had I think it was the one breach and yet they've been found now to have um, you know we're we're expecting there's suggestions there's reports that potentially we're going to see a 12 point reduction or deduction uh, of their points tally uh, which would leave them on two points but still very much in potential of surviving actually I think that Everton would still have a good chance of staying up even with a 12 point deduction so we're going to have to wait and see what happens there. But if that's just Everton with potentially one breach, 115 alleged breaches for Man City is going to take a very, very long time to sort out. Um, But yeah, we'll see if they are 
going to go unpunished. We will have to wait and see. Arsenal are aiming to do things by the book and do it as properly as they can. There's been suggestions that they are on something of a, a watch list before, that Arsenal are being monitored with their spending. So let's just wait and see to see if we have indeed abided by all the rules. I certainly hope that we can. And Lewis says, what's your realistic outcome for the 115 charges, allegedly? I don't know. I, I don't know. It, your instinct tells you that you're not expecting much to happen because you know, of them getting away with things in the past. So it's very difficult to imagine them getting done for that. Um, but I could be proven wrong. Uh, I hope that the right outcome... That's all. It's easy for us to sit here and say, I hope that they get done for it. But if they're found innocent, I hope it's because they genuinely didn't. That's what you've got to hope is that the right decision is made because you don't want the wrong decision made, even if it's no benefit to Arsenal, because that would undermine the legitimacy of having these rules in place in the first place and for Arsenal to be abiding by them. So I hope that the right outcome is found. I really, really do. Uh, Lynn says, what do you make of Martin O'Neill defending Arteta regarding the goal against Newcastle and how quickly Simon Jordan tried to shut him down. Um, well, of course, Simon Jordan's very opinionated and sticks very strongly by his views. Um, I don't think that necessarily always allows the other person to uh, speak fully um, and quickly shuts them down without necessarily addressing a lot of the points that they raise. I think Martin O'Neill was right in his assessment of the situation. And I think that we've seen a overwhelming majority of people agree that that goal should have been um, that sh that goal should not have stood and that it was indeed a foul on Gabriel by Joe Linton. So I, it's it's difficult to have too much of a scathing view because I disagree with a lot of what Simon Jordan has said um, on a number of topics. But uh, I, yeah, I, I think that we've seen with the amount of support that Arteta has received from plenty uh, of pundits and former players and commentators on that potential incident, actually the wrong decision was made and that even the PGML, PGML review uh, proved that, uh, you know, it just doesn't matter. They're just there to explain why they think they've got things right. And in reality, we all know that it was a foul. I also think the, um, the Roberto De Zerbi's comments that where he said that 80% of referees he doesn't like. I mean, nothing's been made of that. Like nothing. I haven't heard anyone talk about that at all, really. And I feel like if Arteta said he didn't like 80% of referees, he would be getting battered by several corners of the media. But I've not heard much spoken, you know, about Roberto De Zerbi's comments. Arteta didn't turn around and say that like, personally, he didn't go personal. He said it's a disgrace. He says it's embarrassing. He says he's he says he feels sick. He says there's too much at stake. But he didn't say specifically that anything personal. He said the decision making is disgraceful. It's embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. But to turn around and say that you don't like 80% of referees, you know, I think goes further than what Arteta did. And the fact that nothing has been uh, said about it. It's kind of mad. Uh, TJR says, what percentage of referees do you like? I don't like any of them. <laughs> A zero percent of referees do I like. Um, Fuad says, Tom, I do feel Edu needs to start using his Brazilian connections to better use sometimes to try and get some of the young top talent there and not get beaten by their rivals. What do you think? He is one man, Fuad. You know, there's a lot of clubs with their connections in Brazil and Edu is still very much a young sporting director that is building up his own. He has previously worked with the Brazilian national side. There is also got to be something to be said about the fact that Arteta's transfer strategy has been very much more so akin to that of playing and buying players from Premier League clubs and bringing Premier League experienced players into the club, which is something that we never really used to do under Arsene Wenger to the degree that we've started to do it now. And so therefore, if you kind of try and buy a player from Brazil, 
it, they come with risk and sometimes they come with inflated transfer fees these days as well. But I agree in some senses that we should be looking to do more and that maybe this link to a player like Andre, uh, it certainly shows that. Of course, we did bring in Marquinhos before Edu was really involved. We brought in Gabriel Martinelli. Um, so there is still scope. We brought in Pablo Marie as well from Brazil. So there is scope to try and look at players in uh, South America and Arsenal, as far as I'm aware, and certainly my understanding is that Arsenal have certainly expanded their work in scouting and working with clubs in South America. So there is indeed a strategy. There is indeed a motive or an encouragement that there is work being done to try and sign players from South America. So maybe we'll see that impact in the coming summers and, and transfer windows. Uh, we will have, as I always say, has become my motto, We'll have to wait and see. Someone left a comment yesterday saying, you say that all the time. I was like, I know I do, because there is just so much that is speculation when you're talking about Arsenal. There's so much that is not guaranteed. So we have to say, we're going to have to wait and see, because that is the reality of most of these questions. There isn't a finite answer to most of these, and we do have to speculate. Um, let's go to... Um, boom, 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 boom. Trevor said, did you know Cash's dad played for Brian Clough? Is that what Matty Cash? Uh, interesting fact. Thanks for that, Trevor. <laughs> Good, just trivial pursuit. Trevor is, is joining us this morning. Um, <laughs> uh, Byron says, Tom, look like a mix between Deserbi and AV. I look like a mix between Roberto Deserbi and Andre Villas Boas, apparently. I mean, I've had a fair few lookalike suggestions. Uh, Atletico Madrid midfielder Coke was a recent one that someone said to me, um, which I don't see really. Uh, I get quite a few uh, lookalike suggestions. It's the round face. Although, to be fair, in the last fair few months, I've trimmed a little bit off. So, uh, less round these days. But, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> you guys do not fail to uh, to surprise me with these suggestions. Um, let's go to... Uh, I look like Charles. I certainly don't, but I know why you're saying that. <laughs> uh, oh, David says, you get one current Gunner player and have to clone him for every spot in the 11, who would you choose? I think it'd have to be someone that currently plays in a lot of different positions. I feel like you have to choose somebody that's more likely going to be a winger because they do good work in the forward line, but they often get back and defend. I think, I think I'd choose Gabriel Martinelli, you know. I think like a team of Gabriel Martinelli's would beat a team of any other player in this team. I think that the technical ability, the running, the determination that he tracks back and tackles. I think if I could have one player that, you know, that you would, you know, clone into 11 times, I feel like Martinelli's the one that I would do. I feel like you, you have really obvious answers, maybe like Saliba, just because he's so fast and strong, good defending, and he's good in the box as well. Uh, or you could choose um, Zinchenko because he plays in lots of different positions as well. But I think that actually Gabriel Martinelli might be the right choice. I think a team of Gabriel Martinelli's would top a table of uh, of the Arsenal clone 11. Uh, for me, I think, you know, I, I'd pit my Martinelli's against your team of Saliba's any day. I'd hope to come out on top for me personally. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Saliba would, would win that one. Um, oh, goodness me. The lookalikes are coming in thick and fast. Lando Norris. I mean, I'll take that. He's a he's a very good looking guy. I'll take that, Khalid. Um, so thank you. Uh, I very much appreciate that. Um, Louis says he'd take a team of Cedrics. Yes, that's that's it. Darren says Tom looks like if Neil from the Inbetweeners and Tom Hiddleston had a baby. <laughs> 
biologically impossible, but um, yeah, <laughs> but certainly uh, I've Neil from the Inbetweeners. I've got a friend that I always think reminds me of Neil from the Inbetweeners, and any of them watching are now going to be thinking, who's he talking about? Uh, but I have a friend who reminds me very much of Neil from the Inbetweeners. Uh, a young Tom Cruise. I'll take that. Oh, you, this, you're stroking my ego this morning, guys. And I know there are some people that watch this show saying Tom's arrogant. Tom doesn't need this type of talk. He's stroking, the, stroking this arrogant ego I've got, apparently. So uh, thank you uh, to everyone that's tuned in and, and just completely showered me with these compliments. Anyway, uh, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It is very much appreciated. Um, do drop a like, as I said before, a number of occasions we've managed to hit 1k three days in a row. Let's see if we can make it four. If you haven't dropped a like on the video already, please make sure you do. If you do indeed want to continue watching the shows, then you can subscribe. You can turn those notifications on so you never miss them. I'll be back, of course, tomorrow morning to bring you all the latest updates and all uh, the latest Arsenal information from the previous 24 hours. And uh, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, as it always is. Uh, Louis says, let's try and hit 1.5k today. I mean, that would be very, very interesting indeed. So let's see if we can get 1.5. But just the one, uh, I'm the minimum target. Let's see if we can just smash through that 1k barrier once again, because we're getting towards that weekend, the dreaded international break weekend, where I know that it's going to be a real challenge. Uh, so let's see if we can keep this momentum flowing. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate your time. Have a fantastic day. Stay safe, stay well, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.